from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. Ichbard, get your Robux money in my digital wallet. This is Grim After Dark. Welcome, guys. Tonight, actual professional television producer and amateur Val, Fe- Val Heffelfinger impersonator, Whew. Nick Horton joins Dan- uh, myself and Danny to look at the reduced set of memes and talk shop about Games Workshop's foray into Hollywood. My name is John. I cannot read or talk. Uh, it's pretty standard at this point here, but it's going to be still pretty grim after dark. Uh, my co-host today needs some supplementation. Uh, he's your reigning, defending, undisputed picture describer. Um, it's Danny McDevitt. Oh, the music's back! The music's back. So I like that he extended so the intro for <laughs> You know, John, you're you're doing a dead on Scotsman impression by not being able to, you know, speak or read. Um, it's pretty good. That's I almost forgot that you uh, that you weren't American for a second. It's only partially correct. <laughs> I am from the Northeast, so that is usually a, a place where you can't read or attend school. Um, <laughs> Danny, last week we showed off uh, for one of a better word, um, Titty Eldar. Uh, I don't know if you remember that at all. It's a wonderful thing here. Uh, Danny, if you want to refresh some memories here, uh, we have had a lot of feedback that I don't care about the podcast listener. Uh, So why don't you you care for me? So these Titty Eldar or Titty Dar, if you will, um, you'll be able to see uh, a a large collection of them in the in the in the screenshot that we have here. There's some Howling Banshees. Um, These are not just Titty Dar, though, John. These are... uh, fully nude dar uh they just are wearing like wraithbone chaps um helmets um and uh <laughs> and what a, and what assyrian gave them wow wraithbone chaps uh is going to be the name of the edit now that no one's going to watch uh but as Danny said, they're all modeled to have an exposed crotch and chest for, I would assume, tactical supremacy. No one expects to be sure. attacked by someone just well, wearing a glove and boots. Yeah, you know, John, think of the mobility benefit. This, you know, Eldar are famous for their for their natural agility. So if you think about like them not having the uh, the crotch of their pants, if you will. Oh, and it, Danny, it sounds like uh, the you the big YouTubes are censoring your talk uh, of uh, race phone chats. <laughs> oh, you're back. Good. Okay. So please continue uncensored. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, think about the mobility increase that you would get uh, fleet of foot, more like a <laughs> fleet of pants in this case, like because they have none. Um, they're able yeah. to uh, to really uh, be uh, have the unmatched abil- uh, agility that Eldar are quite are well known for. Fleet of toe um, would be something you could say as well, but you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> no, you should. Luckily, <laughs> it turns out that someone actually watches this trash. Um, as the, the, <laughs> the guy responsible for the creation of the Tinny Dar reached out to superstar producer and frequent guest when I forget to book people, Val Heffelfinger, um, to let him know 
Been a pretty hilarious week so far. Had my army explode in our Grimdank, and please don't use that euphemism when you're talking about your naked models. Um, had it showed on Grim After Dark, uh, and then Val asked about the Eldar Titty guy. Good stuff. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, please. I mean, how could he be any prouder, really? I mean, he's... <laughs> He's obviously put a lot of work into this for some reason, and uh, he should be proud. Maybe <laughs> he should be. Uh, you, if you uh, create some very disturbing miniatures, maybe you too uh, can be streamed on an averagely talented, uh, moderately okay internet show uh, once a week. Uh, but he took a while uh now that i know who it is i went down his twitter timeline um and found oh, his version of azerman uh danny for the benefit of the podcast listeners and guys uh if you're only listening to the audio version of this you're missing the censorship i had to do in this because this one is not pixelated um use your best words danny to describe azerman well, uh, it's a gender-swapped Azerman, um, and I'm kind of surprised that there is no dire sword on this model, <laughs> which is like well, it's kind of one of the defining features or back banner. I mean, I don't understand how a banner would really be. A, you know what? I don't want to think about how that banner is attached to, to, to the back of that model. Um, it's like a U-shape. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like an umbrella. <laughs> um but uh yeah it's uh it's uh, minus two to his advance roll because of the clenching you have to do to run forward (laughs) with the back banner yeah uh azerman doesn't have fleet uh in this variation um uh or a dire sword apparently i don't know uh and so just imagine again wraithbone chaps and uh full arm wraithbone sleeves i guess i i don't know it's like those like uh you know uh, like a cotillion glove i guess kind of mm-hmm. i guess it goes over her shoulders yeah we are I being told though in chat and double checking here uh the caption on this here um it's a exarch inspired by azerman Oh, you know, my mistake. I'm sorry. You know, it's, so it is case, really unique to have an Aldari army inspired by, like, a uh, Phoenix Lord. Usually completely you know, different. The first Phoenix Lord that inspired all of the Eldar to become aspect <laughs> warriors, right? Yeah, so that's, that's pretty unique. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, amazing. Uh, Danny, that's about enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can we not? I was going to finish that sentence, but I think I already did finish that sentence. Uh, Go ahead. Introduce our guest. uh, As we're all thankful, there's a desk in front of me. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, Anyway, so uh, tonight uh, we have on uh, an actual guest. (laughs) Not some random guy we found on the internet. And again. Big Eldari, just big YouTube, censoring Danny one more time. What I think Danny was trying to say is tonight we have an actual guest. Uh, We have a gentleman who's a legitimate producer uh, in the the entertainment, I believe the term is biz um, or or shit. I I don't know. But uh, Nick Horton is here. Uh, Nick, welcome. That was a lot of music. Oh. 
Well, now we have to wait while he goes and boils a kettle. Thanks. <laughs> right. I do have uh, chocolate digestives upstairs. So, uh, oh, you see good. <laughs> Danny, are you oh. back? Nope. Sorry. Hey, just, Danny's, Danny's going to jiggle wires and just scream constantly uh, until we can hear him there. Uh, Why well, derail this? Uh, Nick. <laughs> Yes. It's stereotypical, but are you a tea man? Uh, I am, yeah. But although, since coming to the US, I live in the US, uh, I drink a lot of shit coffee now. Ah, man, you're talking my language on that one. Exactly. Blame itself. It. I import uh, some Yorkshire gold. Uh, oh, good. Yes, yeah, excellent. That's the only tea. It's the only tea. <laughs> I like it. Good tea chat. Um, although we do, I've just been back in the UK for a month, so now I am laden with uh, a lot of UK goods. What is the number one thing you had to pick up from the UK? Uh, Whisper Golds, <laughs> which uh, I don't know if anyone knows. So uh, in America, your chocolate's not amazing. It's like Hershey's. While obviously it's a really political the... way of saying shit. Yeah, it's it's really bad. <laughs> and then it's uh, in the UK, we've got Cadbury's, but good Cadbury's, not the shit Cadbury's that's made by Hershey's, which is here. And uh, Whisper Gold is like this. I don't know what's the best way to... What's the best way to describe it, John? Like, it's kind of like so, an amazing... It's just, it's light, it's airy, but it's also sort of like, so it's got a good crunch to it, but it kind of yeah. melts in your mouth. And, and then they layer just a load of caramel on it. So it's uh, it's amazing. It's, um, it's one of my... The thing, I just, I try, I've tried a lot of chocolate over here. Uh, mm -hmm. And so far, just not been doing it. No, absolutely not. Of course, it can never go wrong with a good curly whirly. Or <laughs> in today's economy, they're probably like four pounds now. So <laughs> that's it's crazy. Uh, chat's lighting up here saying it's sugar, not chocolate, and probably fake sugar, which I think is probably the main difference between the US and UK chocolate. It's, it's, it's a faker sugar over here. Fair enough. Danny, we're update. <laughs> yeah, so uh, updating Danny Gate. Can you hear me okay? Is this better? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Four pounds for a chocolate bar. That's a massive chocolate bar. That's <laughs> tiny. But uh, it's, uh, it's Brexit Britain, so. Yeah. It's all you can get. And there's no longer any immigrants to farm the cocoa for you. <laughs> exactly, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Well, uh, Guys, we're going to get going here. Uh, this week, the Warhammer world exploded with our weekly dose uh, of like shenanigans and, and rage that is the Horus Heresy upgrade packs uh, that have been coming out of clip now, uh, but also just cause everyone to, to rage unknowingly. Um, Space Wolves, of course, are an integral part of the Warhammer 40,000 and 30k universes. And this week, uh, their upgrade kit pack came out, or last week even, and it really separated the men from the boys as we find out that all of the Space Wolves are, in fact, furries. Um, guys, uh, huge backlash on this from a very, I want to say, vocal majority, uh, more than a vocal minority. Uh, what is your, your take here, starting here with Nick, on the Space Wolf gate or a puppy gate? I think is a, I mean, a better name for it. I mean, I'm in two minds. Like, on the first one is like, it's obviously someone just was like, hey, cool, like a wolf head, and they just got signed off and just went all the way through and no one actually checked. 
but on the other, I just make all the hats, all the Space Marine hats, the dumbest possible. Like that's that's all I want. Like <laughs> you know, just the most obvious thing possible. <laughs> Danny, uh, Space Wolf Gate. Again, big GW silencing Danny as I have to buy him another XLR cable. Uh, Joel Adkins saying in chat, if I see another wolf, uh, buddy, you better tune out for the next 15, 20 minutes or so here. This one's going to run long. Uh, Danny, I did hear you, though. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay, you're good. And you're okay, setting cool. better. Yeah, I just switched to my, my mic on my camera. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think these are great, right? Like, how else are you going to get the aesthetic appeal uh, of the wolf helmet to go along with the wolf claw and the bark blade that space wolves are traditionally equipped with? Um, Sorry, did you uh, say that way they can ride on their thunder wolf uh, in their <laughs> in the in their uh, their wolf rhino transport uh, and their wolf slippers, man. I mean, they they need more wolf. Clearly, right? right. This is the thing. Like, this is a game where they they write the Thunderwolf cavalry exists, right? And Wolfen. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fuck it, just make it as dumb as possible. Yeah, totally. I want to imagine that the designer spent a lot of time just designing this perfect because it is a really nicely designed wolf face. It's ridiculous, but it's nicely designed. And his boss came up to him and was like, "You got those ten heads ready?" And he's like, ten heads." <laughs> I just made the one. <laughs> and then control cup, control V, the, the whole way in the AutoCAD. And that's how we got it here. Uh, Squatty Lord coming in hot in the Twitch chat saying, you here is some new insider info. Imperial Guards Codex has been through four revisions now, and that's why it's been, release has been pushed back. Um, so I guess that's uh, four more revisions than a usual codex. Awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Perfect. That's okay. We, we're, there was, but that's fine. We'll fix it in post. Maybe. Oh, John, uh, we figured yeah. out why I've been muted so much. Miniac is in chat. So, like, <laughs> GW is trying to suppress him yet again and me at the same time. Unbelievable. I do like uh, that the Grim After Dark lore is just all leaks are Miniac, uh, even <laughs> yeah. when there are friend wallets. Miniac uh, is the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald of Grim After Dark. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. <laughs> the, this, the, the trash cans outside Warhammer World are the grassy knoll uh, of the Warhammer community. <laughs> The Miniac is not but a simple painter. Um, exactly. Just wrong, wrong that metaphor is going to get real dark, so I'm going to stop it right here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some people liked it. Uh, many didn't. Some guy even started a change.org petition uh, to fire the designer <laughs> responsible for the head, uh, which we can see in this clip here. Uh, they have three signatures. Uh, good to go. This question here. Oh man! Started starting uh, with Nick. Nick, uh, cancel yes. culture obviously a huge thing. Uh, you're in the thick of it quite a bit. Has a change.org petition ever been successful at changing anything? No. No. <laughs> Uh, well, until now, John, with three signatures, it's the change.org petitions, like 99% of them. That's every 30K Space Wolf player in agreement. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, again, I've not ever set one up, so I don't know how much time it takes. It, you know, but even if it took like two minutes to do, that person spent an amount of time to set that up. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm certainly like, not going to change that org right now. Um, <laughs> fire the guy who made the change prediction, change your prediction. <laughs> <laughs> um, is all of this outrage uh, performative? Uh, by which I mean, is it like, is it actual outrage or is it people just kind of latching on to the idea of it being like a thing or not having their own opinion and kind of just following the crowd? Quite deep, isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, we, we start getting into entire things about, are we just now an inherently unserious culture? <laughs> so it's, <laughs> you know that's uh, uh i don't know i just thought i was here for some you know some shits and giggles yeah i throw yeah. a curveball in occasionally where i just do like really yeah. deep questions um that i mean kind of catch i it. think like, it's gotcha i think yes it is performative and unfortunately i think the people don't realize it's performative uh i think that probably they you know people don't <laughs> We don't really have anything to believe anymore, so they, they want things like this to give their sense of meaning in their desperate lives. Yeah. I, I will say I did just try to start a change.org petition to cancel Grim After Dark. Uh, but I'm currently on a screen that says, please add your phone number. And that is not oh, something shit. I'm willing to do. John, oh, I see that going yeah. just as far as the petition to uh, to remove Amber Heard from the new Aquaman movie and replace her with Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Finally, a cause I can get behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and chat letting us know as well, Miniac16 expressed his desire to move on for that and to stop talking about it and how we, we won't let it go. But we, we have a, like a deep-seated lore. That we have to abide to, uh, and much like the style guide that I haven't touched in about six months, uh, this will probably drop pretty soon here too. Um, some people, though, uh, liked the space wolf heads, uh, as evidenced by this picture here. Which, Danny, please use your just amazing description uh, sure. to describe what are we seeing here. All right, so what we're seeing here is effectively the uh, transformerization of a uh, of a space wolf model, where you've used the space wolf head for not only the actual head of the model, but also shoulder pads, uh, a uh, feet, knee pads, a crotch plate, and most importantly, as a bayonet. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the bayonet. Uh, yeah. Nick, are you disappointed that they didn't just keep like the torso and legs naked like the Eldari from earlier? <sighs> so I actually, I actually am an Eldar player, and now I have to go immediately change my entire army to be what are we calling them? T Tiddy Dar or New Dar? What did we decide upon? Was it Tiddy Dar? <laughs> I think that was Tiddy. Hey. I'm just, I'm just really inspired, and so uh, you know, my elder have been clothed for too long. Yeah. It's time to unquakerize those Eldar and bring them right? into the modern world. Yeah, pure and bastards get naked, have a bit of fun. It's funny <laughs> that the Eldar, like, legitimately, are like the Amish Eldar. Like, Craftworld Eldar are right. like the Amish Eldar of all the Eldar. So it, it so, does, yeah, it kind of works, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things because I, I started when I, when I was a kid and I got him like second edition stuff and not a big long gap. But if I'd starting now as someone who enjoys like having fun, I'd definitely be 
dock out of for sure. <laughs> yeah, all those craft world guys raising barns are rolling. Oh, hay. They they suck. I really want to see uh, if you want to convert some Aldari, don't do nude Aldari. Do them with like the cool Amish beard. Uh, maybe a bunch of suspenders. <laughs> like draw paint some suspenders yeah. on your aspect warriors, please. The Eldar are famous <laughs> for their beards, John. <laughs> Change your falcon grav tanks to like carts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go cool to your Warhammer board. fantasy armies. You're not using them anyway. You won't use them ever well, again. Take the wheels I, off that. I, I gave, I gave more to Val. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, guys, so, aren't you happy uh, Val's on the show this week? Because he just screamed in my ear when I made fun of Warhammer fantasy battles. And I'm sure if you check out and chat, uh, <laughs> more will come. Uh, I will I mean, say, he... though, go. Oh, no, I was going to say, last time I saw Val, uh, I was, for some reason, I was a bit drunk. And I was like, oh, I'm going to buy a Bretonian army. Very expensive on nice. eBay. And he then offered to fly me up to Canada so we could then play a game. And I was just like, <laughs> just the, the financial and environmental cost of that is just outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Warhammer Fantasy Battles reference too. Um, so viable and so successful that you have to import your opponents from other countries, uh, coast to coast, uh, in order to actually play. Um, <laughs> back to the wolves. Uh, we, we can't let Joel Atkins off the hook yet. Back to the wolf upgrade sets. Kind of the upgrade sets in, in general. Uh, why is there now, like, every week it seems to be like an over-the-top weekly reaction to these sets? We had the World Eater set today, and everyone's like, yep. what do you mean they all have weird horns on the sides of their helmets that they've always had? Um, why are we seeing kind of this amazing reaction uh, to all of these upgrade sets? I'm super excited about it. I think that they're uh, like, I mean, people, I mean, they're very different than the Mark six helmets that came in the box. Right. Mm -hmm. So people are going to have like strong opinions about seeing a model change, like pretty dramatically, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know. I think they look so much better than the beaky helmets. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about seeing like what the other legions once look like too. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Nick, wh why do you think we're seeing such outrage that Legion heads are thematic and appropriate? Uh, Horus Heresy Blairs. Fair. <laughs> fair. Yeah, fair. No more. <laughs> well, I want to get your guys' feedback uh, on the following upgrade set, starting, of course, with Danny, uh, who, for the benefit of the audio listener who we're actually thinking about here this week, is going to describe mm -hmm. what he's seeing uh, for the benefit Perfect. of the two people who listen. Um, so starting with our Blood Angels upgrade set, Danny, please describe this Mark VI model. Oh, okay. This is easy. All right. So what we have here is, uh, and this is not Mark Six armor. This is actually Mark Four armor. Um, but uh, you've got a <laughs> you've got a red painted model um, on instead of uh, or is as in place of his helmet. This may is this a bareheaded model or is this a helmeted model, John? This would be, I believe, a Praetor upgrade. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So we have the uh, the Mark the Mark Four uh, Count Chalk. Uh, 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 like favorite cereal forever. So uh, who wouldn't want to eat chocolate frosted cereal with marshmallows? That's uh, truly an American uh, staple. Big GW, not liking all these leaks getting out, trying to shut down Danny's feed. Um, Nick, how could this des design be improved upon? 
You count chocular design. <laughs> Uh, the Blood Angel upgrade set, please. Put some... Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, apologies. <laughs> um, I just... <laughs> what the fuck is that? Producer <laughs> 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 Val, spoilers for later. I have, I have three of these guys, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to move on immediately to that one, please. Yeah, please. Um, okay, well then. Wait, hold on. I have one thing really to say quick. about the Count Chocula Marie before we oh, move sorry, on. Oh, sorry. Yes, please. Are those teeth racist to vampires? Well, I was going to say, are, do you think Games <laughs> Workshop leans too hard into the space yeah. vampire aesthetic of Bloody? Yeah. For sure. So, guys, and then starting here with Nick, what's a different direction you want to see Blood Angels go in? So, like, say your boss kicks down your door, he's like, hey, Blood Angels yeah. can't be space vampires anymore. What are they going to be? Um, oh, that is a good question. Do we go just super literal and literally just make them <laughs> I mean, Blood Angels? Yeah. And that's kind of like, we just, because we, we're after the religious crowd. Um, you know, sure. It's, uh, don't think the Amish crowd, I guess. Do they believe in God? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh there we go space amish again space amish again yeah. danny what do you want to see if you couldn't have blood angels be space vampires oh yeah i'd want them to have like a phlebotomist theme like that would be my that would be mine you know because they're so into blood like drawing blood you know covering themselves in blood sleeping in blood all that stuff so that, that only makes sense yeah from their flagship hot topic they sail um <laughs> By popular demand, we're now going to move on to the other angels of death, the Dark Angels, uh, with this Praetor upgrade set here. Danny, do you want to describe <laughs> what you're seeing? I'm so mad right now. <laughs> so good. It's so, look at that. Uh, so this is uh, clearly uh, a Ravenwing upgrade sprue because we have uh, the world's best pod racer uh, jacked into some uh, some power armor racer. <laughs> It's Mark III armor with Anakin's face on it, which is amazing. Yeah, perfect. Um, Nick, do you think that they lean a little too hard into kind of the the the, the space night aesthetic uh, after moving away from kind of the Native American theme in this, or is that kind of perfect for Dark Angels? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I think that there is a world in which, well. I hope everyone's just seen Prey, right? There is a world in which kind of like native indigenous people taking on space monsters is amazing. Um, probably wasn't handled so well back in uh, by a bunch of white British dudes doing it. Uh, but, um, you know, but I think it would be really cool to see that. Like, Prey fucking kicked ass. And I just want to point out before I ask you this here, Danny, this is the only time that a bunch of white British people have ever made uh, any insensitive problems with other nations yes. or races yeah. in their entire history. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's actually quite egregious and shocking. You know, you never. You would... <laughs> we have. Nikki joining us in chat, letting us know this show would be 100% better if we could hear Val. Uh, for once, I have to agree, because you too could hear the random no and F. Damn it. When he presses the wrong button. I mean, as a professional producer, no notes for Val. 
Yes. <laughs> perfect. Just perfection. Um, so, guys, I'm going to start with Danny on this one and then I'll move over okay. to here. Nick, if you had to change the aesthetic of the Dark Angels so you couldn't do the, the traitorous space knights or the, the Native American like thing, what aesthetic would you go for, Danny? Oh, man, that's a great question. Dark Angels have always been kind of confused on what their theme is, right? So it's either like, are they Native American? Are they Space Knights? Are they a biker gang? Are they like, no, but nobody knows. Like, so, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I would like to see them kind of uh, uh, hone in on uh, like some kind of an enforcer or like executioner kind of role. I think that would be pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Nick, do you agree with Danny that they should be Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse? just ripping throats yeah yeah that's i mean (laughs) look if i can't have a titty dial like army i will have a patrick swayze roadhouse dark angel army (laughs) amazing guys we have one more uh amazing thing finally we have the the iron warriors upgrade set and danny if you want to describe this amazing picture here of our iron warriors (laughs) oh man this is the most accurate upgrade sprue i've ever seen um i want to say danny uh, before you start describing this this has literally nothing to do with the fact that i play imperial fist in 30k and my main opponent (laughs) plays iron warriors no yeah of course nothing no well i mean he's a trash person so but the uh but so yeah going on that theme this really fits right like literally it is a uh, a mark i think it's a mark three it might be actually i think it's a conglomeration is that a true scale marine john <laughs> i think those are true God, I legs, so. aren't they? i think god yeah. this just makes it even worse yeah what a trash <laughs> model anyway so literally on top of its head is a bag of trash that's its helmet um, cause it's a trash army for trash people. Danny, could this be improved? Uh, no, it fits the theme and the background perfectly. I think this is just, I take this, I'd ship it right now. Yeah. Uh, and then Nick, what do you think about iron warriors being just a bunch of shitty edge lords? Yeah. I mean, my <laughs> chaos army is word bearers and they still suck worse Perfect. than them. So oh, fair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I would. I was going to ask you guys both the same question. Like, if you had to go in a different direction from Iron Warriors, but if they told you your Iron Warriors couldn't be absolute just garbage trash people with no <laughs> real development or story um, and a terrible Primarch, what would you do with them? <laughs> is, I mean, what, they're almost perfect as they are because everyone needs like a whipping boy, right? Yes. Yeah. In, in I kind of lean maybe. Oh, sorry. No, no, please. Just go ahead, Nick. <laughs> no, he's English. You're going to still get stuck in a politeness exactly. loop. Oh, no, it's oh, going to be a loop. We're in a politeness loop. Ever go first now. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> then uh, they can just myself. kind of lean into their other theme, John, which is whining and bitching and uh, like kind of the dull, like, oh, woe is me. Uh, we they could like kind of lean into that you know that real incel energy that Iron Warriors display. It'd be right. like the Four Chan Legion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if you guys weren't allowed to use hazard stripes on your Iron Warriors anymore, um, what would the ideal shoulder paint scheme be? Mm, sprinkles. Sprinkles. Love it, man. <laughs> Good. We're moving on. Uh, that, that's it for the memes, guys. Now we're going to talk to Nick about serious. Oh, wow. Cool. 
Joel Atkins, come on back. It's safe. Um, Nick, so you actually work in entertainment. Uh, so just kind of give uh, some kind of background to yourself. What is it you actually do? Uh, well, it sounds like a made-up job. Uh, so I work in development, which is basically coming up with ideas for TV shows and then getting told no. That's the main, that's the main uh, <laughs> hold of it. But it's kind of fun. Like, it, it's, um, you know, it really is like you kind of basically, you know, think of anything exciting, think of anything, and you're just trying to work out what, what do people want to watch, what's the market want to watch, um, and then um, increasingly what people were willing to pay for, like stu- networks and studios, uh, which is really the main, the main name of the game. Yeah, I think it's weird we start talking about uh, production jobs and TV development and instantly the bots arrive uh, offering us sexy yes. good times on YouTube, um, <laughs> which is just peak time on Look, that. They're hoping for an internship. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, we also need an intern after Nightbot kind of really screwed up and didn't catch any of those guys. Um, oh, so- Nightbot. <laughs> last last year or a couple of years ago and yeah actually let's stop this for a second tech priest dicky brings up a good point in chat why is it always the porn bot that does attacks our show like doesn't happen on signals don't think it happens that much on the thursday show uh why is it us what is it that attracts the gen well i answered the question um, <laughs> it's, like, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, i heard halfway through and danny jump in anytime with questions here as well um oh sure but, just to set this up, uh, about uh, a year and a half, two years ago, in fact, a little over a year ago now, uh, Warhammer Plus launched, uh, which is kind of their poorly marketed um, everything in one place, I would say, things, including kind of Warhammer TV. Um, so with that kind of in mind, with their releases over the past year, in your sort of professional opinion, what is Games Workshop doing really well? So it's, um, I would say... they've realized that what they have isn't just a game and what they have is a massive piece of IP. And um, I think the, one of my favorite um, quotes I like to uh, steal often is uh, a writer I follow on Twitter was says basically like um, even my tweets need IP these days. And that's basically what it comes down to. People won't uh, commission, green light, anything. They're very, very scared. Like Hollywood has always been a very conservative, scared industry. <clears throat> and particularly now, coming off the pandemic, uh, coming into what is likely to be a recession soon, um, you know, they, gone are the days where you can just take a risk on something. And unfortunately, you know, the risks are where the giant IP comes from. Um, so we're kind of like in a slightly, you know, snake eating his own tail situation. But to go back to your original question, what Games Workers is doing really well is realizing what they've got. Um, I remember, I think it was, I was at SoCal Open and the FLGN's very own Andrew Dickinger said to me, he said like, he thought that the Games Workshop IP was like one of the biggest IPs in the world up there with Star Wars, Marvel. Um, I agree. No, I disagreed with him then, but I don't. I don't disagree with them entirely. Uh, I think it's a, it's almost like uh, like an iceberg IP. There's like a very small bit of pe- general people are aware of, and underneath is so much more. So um, to kind of wrap this up, because I am talking a lot now, uh, is um, <clears throat> what they're doing well is finally realizing they've got something which people love and lots of people could love. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And just as, as a heads up, we're doing the old school, like original Grim After Dark, where we do uh, 20 minutes of terrible jokes, then complete tonal <laughs> shift. Uh, yeah. Pretty, uh, yes, pretty yeah. in depth. Hard right turn. Yeah, I can. I just, you know, make up some stuff, and I, you know, later on, then. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, so, you, you touched on a little bit that people aren't really taking risks and with an impending, but the advent of streaming and, and kind of the increase of streaming as a primary sort of release method um, has that hurt or helped IPs like Warhammer more? Because now you know, obviously it's a mass choice has increased its ability and platforms where it can go, but it's also kind of buried around other properties are kind of being thrown out. It seems like everything with uh, any IP past 10 issues of a comic or one book is kind of being offered things now. Yeah, I think, you know, the shareholders demand content. Uh, um, I do, and I'm much, I sort of hate and love that term content because you shouldn't be describing what should be really amazing pieces of art as content. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, it's kind of like um, it's what they... <laughs> They, they need the streaming services need it the ones that don't have it die a very quick death and go away and it's why i don't know whether you follow industry news but there was a lot of kind of like um fear that hbo max was about to go away this because discovery has merged with warner brothers and um you know batgirl got cancelled i don't know if anyone was aware of that so it was a 90 million dollar movie which is just shit canned which is insane um but then you know i could go into various reasons and why that probably happened uh that's probably for a different podcast if you watch the musical the producers you have a pretty good yes. idea of why that was cancelled <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes yes and no uh but i think that you know is a large part probably of it um and it's the reason they're gonna say but also um you know warner brothers warner brothers discovery is also sitting on dc which is uh i know marvel was the top dog but superman batman arguably wonder woman they're your big three right and warner brothers has has the biggest ip in the game and so uh you know that's why they're willing to kind of throw anything do whatever the fact of the matter is that their streaming service will always work because of their dc content <laughs> it's the same mm -hmm. reason why disney went on that insane spending spree but yeah so i think it has helped it's also hurt it to a degree in that there's a lot of obviously project competing in a very similar space mm -hmm. um you know we can talk about certain sci-fi shows recently that haven't probably done as well as they should have, which, you know, um, and other ones which, you know, so we talk about, say, uh, Halo, right? Sure. Um, Halo was Paramount Plus. A very long time was originally maybe a Peter Jackson movie, eventually had a home on Paramount Plus. That Obviously, I don't know who greenlit it originally, but it wasn't Paramount Plus. It just ended up there. And, um, you know, we've so we've got this, uh, show about you know um, genetically modified super soldiers uh, fighting alien threats, and it did not do very well. So you got to think: does that help or hinder uh, any potential Warhammer project? I think it really increases uh, the chance of seeing Space Marine ass, uh, which was again <laughs> I, my, my number one takeaway from Halo. Was I, hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Yes. So Nick, so in that if like in that kind of scenario, do you think that it's do you think it's more worthwhile for GW to focus less on like their marine content and more on some of like their other intellectual property if they wanted to get like a show greenlit? So I think 
there's two there's obviously two schools of thought so space marines are iconic and you need Absolutely. them to show whatever you do <clears throat> there's no doubt about that um yep. <clears throat> a show about space marines would probably be not very good yep. and because you just don't have you know your human um it's a bit like when you read the Horace Heresy books, you think the remembrances are quite dumb, but actually they're the key to the whole thing working because it's that yes. kind of human viewpoint. And then, um, so it's not, I'm not like, <clears throat> I'm only saying very obvious things here, but uh, I know, because I know they're trying to get Eisenhorn away, right? That was reported, it was everywhere. I don't know the status of it. Uh, mm. I do know that getting a show away is incredibly hard. Um, but that was probably the right way to do it. Um, I mean, interestingly, there's a whole bunch of, uh, to get a show made, isn't just like Games Workshop being like, cool, we're ready to make a show, let's do it. So they would want nothing more than to have a show on Amazon or probably Amazon, I reckon, um, or HBO or whoever would pay for it. But, um, you know, that's that'd be their dream for them. So many new fans, so many new eyeballs. But, to get that way, they've got a, you know, it's just beyond having a really good script, which I'm sure exists. Um, and it's not even having, say, Henry Cavill attached, right? Just so they've got, just so they have Henry Cavill attached. I don't know if they do, but he definitely loves Warhammer. So, yeah. um, and then it would be like, okay, uh, Henry Cavill introduces them to uh, his agent. So he's repped by CAA. And uh, then CA get involved and they try and package the whole thing. So normally that involves them doing the other clients, which amazingly they also rep Kanye. So <laughs> you could have Kanye as, oh. as I don't know, the God Emperor. So hey, we're like, you know, perfect casting for Vulcan. Please. Right. Um, and it's just like, yeah. but you know, Pete Davidson, they also rep. So, you know, he can be in it. I don't Solid Rogel Dorn. Oh, yeah, man. Exactly. I'm out. And then, <laughs> I'm out again. Tom Hanks, right? So, um, but no, what they do is they try and package it up together with their showrunners, their um, the actors they know, and then take that out to market once they've got like, look at all these people we've got on board. Look, Spielberg's directing the pilot, you know. Um, however, to go back to what I was saying earlier, is the market is so in you know, such a weird place. There are projects going out at the moment with huge stars attached, not getting green. So. I think if you read their um, recent like quarterly report, uh, they talk a lot about taking the time to get the media right and the IP right. Um, and you can basically control F, entertainment, media, IP, um, and you'll see that actually reading between the lines, um, they're, they're stuck in what's called development hell. So they've obviously got a project. It's not going anywhere. Uh, and we'll see. Look, but then again... It could be next week, suddenly something's announced. That's how things can just turn around sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we do have Akebard letting us know on YouTube. He's wanting to know, and this, I guess, goes to, to both Nick and uh, producer Val here. At SoCal Open, could we do a photo op with my emotional support tank and my mental health titan? I don't know if that's code for something, um, but I'm <laughs> sure. Uh, well, I mean, what's your going photo op rate, Nick? Yeah, I think I would love it. Do you say an emotional support tank? Yeah, I'm imagining not yeah. like a tank vehicle, but like a Bacta-style tank from Star Wars that he has <laughs> to stay in like, between rounds. Like Boba Fett, yeah, he just goes in those flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he re re goes over the games after they're done, uh, as I he mean, has to have flashbacks in a Bacta tank. I mean, look, to kind of like big up the FLGN, like there's such, you know, we get tens of thousands of viewers 
watching three-hour games of Warhammer streamed on TV. There's clearly a market here for something a lot more accessible. Yeah. On that accessibility part, um, Warhammer lore is obviously huge and expansive, and it's kind of almost 40 years worth of stories and design. Do you think kind of the more problematic parts of the lore um, that have been putting there, like the like the some of the Matt Ward stuff, like the the sisters of battle being murdered to kill, like cover Grey Nets in blood, and and the Iron Warriors weird reverse womb things? Do you think that hurts the property <laughs> as, as something that can kind of come out? We're like we have this Warhammer show; it's great, yeah. But I read on like Wahapedia that this happens. I mean. Look, all I can say is uh, Kevin Spacey and Mel Gibson are still making plenty of plenty of projects. So um, I don't, I just don't think. Uh, unfortunately, um, if they could be the worst things in the world, and it, you know, if there was way for shareholders to maximize value off of it, they would do, and a way for people to get money on it. But ultimately, um, look, Warhammer rehabilitated itself to be a kids' product, uh, so. <laughs> I think it can probably be okay. It's, um, you know, I think it, one thing I would I would like it to, again, you know, um, much like uh, yourself, John, like I grew up, you know, I was a kid in the late 80s in the UK when all this was coming out of, and it was like, it was such a, you know, a group of weird nerds who made this as a reaction against Thatcherism and uh, a lot of, you know, and I guess Reaganism over here. Um you know, you don't you don't want to sand it, which unfortunately would probably would happen. But you don't want to sand down the edges so much that you're just getting Halo, the TV show, right? Sure. Um, you you want to you want it to be weird enough. Like if you name anything which is successful and popular, um, you know, pre the final two seasons, Game of Thrones, right, was um, very much true to itself and just didn't give a fuck, right? And that's yeah. like sometimes it made for good decisions sometimes bad decisions but ultimately it's what people responded to it's um uh why the prequels endure and the sequel trilogy will be forgotten because it, it was lucas's vision whatever you think about that vision it was his vision and with all its weird stuff around it while the sequels was made by committee um you know and you won't have a generation of kids i would love to be wrong but in 20 years time you won't have kids trying desperately who are now adults bringing back the sequel trilogy no, which is a real shame because this guy invested heavily on Poe Dameron merchandise after episode seven. And then they just <laughs> stopped making Star Wars movies after oh, that point. Oh, the boy. The Poe Dameron really portfolio sad. does not win out. <laughs> Do you think like Oscar Isaac just in his house just like has a Poe Dameron costume? I, so okay if i was in all of these things like you know uh, for oscar Isaac, like moon knight like star yeah. wars i would steal every single costume i was fitted into be like i'm just gonna jump in my car real quick i'll be right back and I'm like oh I, who lost my costume like so many like interns on the set would be fired for losing product and it'll just be in my wardrobe just like your house is just made of props just like <laughs> i'm sure like no normal clothes like if i'm going to like a starbucks in the morning i'm just going to night because that's all that's clean at the time like not, not even the mr <laughs> not even the mr night just the actual full no. on <laughs> that was the style of the time 
Yeah. You're like, I'm really hungry. I need to go for breakfast. But damn, if this wrap doesn't take forever to go around my wrists. Um, uh, out once a day. Mediocre Bray Shaman's coming in saying, The Boys is a good example of being unapologetically satirical. 40k to do it, but they seem a bit too gun-shy these days. Now, I probably like The Boys. How does that compare for you? Because the change from comic to TV for that one was huge. Uh, Essentially, where some characters share name alone with what they're seeing on screen. Um, Do you think that's something that could happen to like a 40k property? So... I don't, again, I only read the initial run of the boys. Um, I don't know how much it permeated, like, culture. Um, do the comics have, it's, you know, Warhammer as itself is a lot bigger with a lot more dedicated fans. Um, I think, but then again, I think if you you can change the law and you can make something your own if you do it uh, in, a, in a way which honors the original and is its own thing and not just trying desperately to be a cash in. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen Strange New Worlds, the the um uh, the Star Trek prequel. So it's set just before the Kirk mm. years. It's got Captain Pike uh and it's got Spock and like young Uhura. It's it's brilliant. It's it's true to what Star Trek is. Um it does its own thing. It often ignores law and canon, but in a way where you're like, okay, I, I don't it's you know, it's it's not like shitting all over what you grew up with. Um, people will always complain no matter what, right? So that's why I say be true to yourself if you're a creator and a writer or a director. Um, you can, you can, you know, aim for, unfortunately, this is a di- the dichotomy of development. So on one hand, you've got to make this product which is unique and amazing and true to yourself as I'm just, uh, you know, espousing here. On the other, I've got to fucking sell it to the most common denominator possible so you know it's like it's like how do we make this so mass appeal um how, and if they're smart they're going to trojan horse it they will be like yeah yeah we do we do this we do this and when they're getting involved in it the showrunner and the writers will be huge fans really understand it i'd love it if they got the black library authors involved in the writer's room would be amazing um and uh then they'd, they'd be able to do the weirder stuff yeah for sure, of course, about letting us know in the ear that we keep forgetting the mass appeal part of this show, but we're nailing uh, the, the first half of that right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we did we did the part where we suckered them in with the funny stuff, and now they get to learn something. The, the, the <laughs> funny stuff. Let me tell you, uh, as someone fair, fair. who makes quality 23-minute edits of this show on a weekly basis. It doesn't suck in the mid nearly as much as I would like. But moving on, um, how is sort of the Warhammer IP viewed in your community, Nick? Because, again, it's all of these, uh, like, celebration of nerdery things have happened over the last decade or so, where everything, which uh, when I was younger and you were younger, we were kind of hiding and, and almost ashamed of uh, coming out, is now popular and being used very, to create very ashamed <laughs> Yeah, uh, it is. So a lot of people still still don't know, still don't know what it is, right? Um, or they'd be like, "Hey, I remember playing Hero Quest when I was a kid." Uh, that would be their their way in, right? Um, which I, you know is fair enough. But also, people will see dollar signs and they um, they see that this company is making a shit ton of money and it has a huge dedicated uh, super fan. Uh, base right where people you know i people watching this now and we'll watch it back and the three of us and Val behind think just think of the money we've spent on it 
right? <laughs> Just like, and you know, would you like? I'd be like, oh no, I'm not like a super fanboy. But obviously, like, it's, I just think, oh shit, most of my, so that, that's going to be hugely valuable. The fact that um, you, you do something like a Warhammer show comes on, you'll watch it, right? So that's already this fan base. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's just, just, it's a proven, it's a proven commodity. So I'm sure some of these execs, sometimes, like some of them, a lot of them I meet. Uh, are very smart, very, very dedicated, really understand the market. And genuinely, um, sometimes you'll have meetings and you'll go in and, uh, you know, this person has requested a meeting with you about a project and you'll walk in and they won't you know, have any idea who you are and they'll be like, so what are we meeting about? And you're just like, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, I would say, but to go back to your, I guess your point, uh, yeah, very. Like, there's no way this shouldn't be, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it shouldn't be a hit, but it shouldn't be a successful project on our screens at some point. Do you think the, so Warhammer TV kind of came out last year, like I kind of mentioned earlier, and they had a Hammer and Bolter series, which is, I want to say inspired uh, by Love, Death, and Robots, but that that seems a little too uh, uh, ignoring the fact it's sort of a direct ripoff. Um, but it is sort of coming in at like a, a lower sort of animation quality <laughs> than, than kind of where we're, we're used to and kind of we're, we're treated to. Um, do you think things like that hurt the overall image because we have these shows coming out? And yes, kind of the writing's pretty good. It looks really well, but it's kind of maybe a little clippier, maybe like kind of not as polished as it could be. Uh, not necessarily. Um, I mean, I <clears throat> again, I I, uh, I think that it's probably two reasons why I think they did that. Um, one is they would probably realize how slow EV can take so they were just like fuck it we do ourselves uh you know because it'll take years it will take years like you won't have a warhammer show on for three years at the earliest like if it's like greenlit right now um and then um uh, you know on the other hand they probably want to prove a concept uh you know the it's uh, the quality of it i don't think will matter so much um i mean obviously you know making a tv show they're going to have to give over a lot more power they're going to have to work to unions they're going to have to pay decent salaries they're going to have to credit everyone oh damn it's never going to be done now right all of this stuff which i know has um you know been points of um contention with the hammer and bolter and the non-crediting and various people who have left projects and stuff which i can't speak to i don't i don't know the inner workings of games workshop but um you know i imagine that they're not a they're not a traditional media company, so they have to adjust to how everything works. Um, you know, I can't do I can't do. I mean, they're probably more used to this. So I was going to say I can't do a bloody meeting without signing NDAs, which obviously, <laughs> sure, sure they know about. But you know, it's it's um, but it's just it's <laughs> like I I hire on a project and I have to be like, okay, is this union non union? That this is this, and that's just for sometimes I, I do some very low budget like um, online content. Um, low budget at this point being like a hundred thousand. That's that. <laughs> yeah, some some quality low budget online content. No, so, in here. You know, much less than you're used to working with. 
Um, so along those lines of the Hammer and Bolter series, the Angels of Death, other things they made it, what's stopping them from just dumping that onto an existing streaming platform? Um, probably negotiating rights and, uh, you know, basically back-end, I would say. And it comes down, it will just, the answer back to all of this is, is Exactly, right? <laughs> they said, send me that um, gender-swapped us Herman, please. And that was the sticking point. <laughs> so, uh, oh. but yeah, it will just... It will come down to super boring stuff like, um, you know, they, they they own that all out now and they gain every single piece of revenue from that. So why would they then give it to someone else? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap That's this true. up here in a little bit here uh and give danny time to because i keep on jumping in over him like every time it's another it's our tip no, of no, no. You're doing great, man. Um, but uh do you guys see games workshop moving beyond the tabletop to being an ip company because we're already starting to see as uh val mentioned last week on episode when he was going kind of through the financials the the ip and the licensing is growing and growing and growing and growing um, do you ever see a place where, like, you know, we're just we're making a ton of money off this? Let's just mm, push this to the side. I mean, I think it's it's already there, right? Like, it's. Uh, I mean, the tabletop is Warhammer Fantasy it. references three. Sorry, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, the tabletop <laughs> is the is the heart of it, and I don't think uh, I don't think that will ever go away. There will always be a place for it, um, but it's a bit like. I don't know how much of Minecraft is now Minecraft the game. Seven. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, Danny, in your view as kind of a fan, obviously, I think you like this this Warhammer thing. I don't know. Um, what do you think story-wise would translate the best uh, to a series? Oh, I mean, I, I think Eisenhorn was the right move. Like, it has to be some kind of, like, non-crazy, like, the investment is going to be a lot less for special effects. Like, I think, like, having a more humanistic or human-centered approach is going to be totally the way to, like, introduce people to the Warhammer 40,000 universe. Yeah, absolutely. We should also do a property show off of Eisenhorn, because there's some really nice buildings and like he has some really nice houses in he that does. series and i was like <laughs> he's got that underwater that. super villain there yeah like, I'm like how yeah. the fuck did who found that for him is what i want to know you know nick is a true hollywood executive when every every idea that's being pitched to him turns into a reality show um, right. <laughs> it's just you know lower costs lower overheads we can just keep chump churning that right out <laughs> But now I want a Cribs, like an MTV Cribs thing, but in the Warhammer 40,000 universe. How would that work? the Primarchs. (laughs) Yes. Or like, oh no, like I'm always sad and I've never had the artistic skill to follow through in this, but a Primarch Babies show uh, based on Muppet Babies, (laughs) but with all of the Primarchs would be phenomenal. Uh, And you could just use like- You got yourself a deal. Yeah, that's how John got his foot in the door. <laughs> oh, I would legitimately be very sad if my foot was in the door uh, by ripping off Muppet Babies because that show and that lore needs to be respected uh, as it is. 
It's a rich, it's a rich tapestry. That lore. It's a rich IP. The Muppets, like yeah. man, you saw what they did with the Muppets. Oh, even the, the Muppets sequel, which was a fantastic musical. Uh, uh, I was about to say Muppet Babies prequel, but that is wrong. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Well, in today's America, no. Uh, <laughs> Do we know who the Muppet mothers are? Because I feel like the Muppets there's, fuck. There's a lot I of guess. Here. <laughs> Jim Henson. Uh, would be the answer. What? Don't, 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 no one to know where you're going with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny, what else do you have here? Um, God, this going has on been here? so enlightening. Um, I mean, we covered like almost everything uh, that I wanted to talk about. I was going to bring up the exact same point that Val did in chat asking about why we don't port over uh, some of the stuff from Warhammer TV into like a more mainstream like media service. Um, but, uh, other than that, uh, no, I don't have anything. This is, this has been so enlightening. God, gonna, like, yeah. We're going to throw this in here. Uh, Ickbard on Twitch chat is saying he thinks a fall of Katie, movie done like the midway movie, uh, would be great. Ooh. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah. Nick? Guard band of brothers kind of style, like Gaunt's ghost would be good. I mean, I'd watch it in a heartbeat. Um, a fall yeah. of Katie would be, I think, I mean, just to, if, just think of the budget on it. It'd be just to do it right. That's the thing. Do you want to do it cheap or do you want to do it right? Is the, uh, I mean, that's why it, it comes back to the realities of Eisenhorn is a, was a really good idea to have get done. And it still might yeah. happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, Necromunda, like a Sons of Anarchy style Necromunda show would probably be pretty good too. Like that's kind of yeah. in that same vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of that stuff. I just, would imagine if you did like a fall of Katia again, going to Nick's point about uh, having mass appeal and uh, your, your starting five minutes uh, would be a text scroll uh, catching you up on the way where the universe is. Uh, and it would be quite fantastic. Just, very long. just five minutes of just like, yeah, like literally be like, okay, yeah. so 10,000 years ago. Yeah, no, I think mean, it all goes Have from there. Had, it would be like, I mean, obviously everyone's tried to one time explain this to someone. <laughs> Like, and you're just like, what the fuck am I saying? Like, that would be the, the text crew. <laughs> well, okay. So, Nick, like, have you, how would, how do you pitch Warhammer? Like, is it your elevator pitch, right? That's a typical, like, Hollywood stereotype thing. That's like, true. Ooh, I should have, pre- I should have prepped this. Um, <clears throat> terrible fascist future with super soldiers fighting demons. But cool. <laughs> Love it. Guys, I can't think of a better way to leave it. Danny's already quit. He's like, I can't top that. Um, He was like, I'm done. Thank you so much uh, for coming and talking to us. We've we've looked forward to this for a long time. It pains me to hear this. That's okay, because for the guest. Uh, What an amazing show. We learned so much. We're going to be back next Monday. And as always, it's pretty grim after dark. I'll put my, I'm not saluting that.